what do you feel like is one of the biggest lessons you've learned so far, you know, in that, you know, living a full life in such a short amount of time? Why are we doing this? That's something that I, uh, I, you know, when I'm waking up, that's why I ask myself every morning, like, why are we doing this? Because I think once you, if you, if you get an answer that you don't like, then it's time to change. So for me, when I first started my old job, why am I doing this? Well, I was young, I was wanted to make money, and then it turned into like, damn, I'm actually impacting these kids. Cause you know, we worked with a lot of high school and college students and they would always tell us like, man, like you helped me make this money, you helped me get this scholarship, you helped me do this. So, but then, you know, later down the line, it went back to like, oh, I'm doing this for the money, I'm chasing the, the fame or whatever. And when I was like, okay, why am I doing this? Okay, I'm only doing this because I'm trying to make money and I'm trying to win these, you know, I got all these sales trophies and stuff in my closet from like that job. So it's okay, let me start DJing because that's what makes me happy. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt. And today we got another special guest. You know, he's been DJing for at least full time, right? About a year and a half you've been doing it. Full time, yeah. Man, you've done a lot. You you got a lot of events at Underground, Joy, Hubbard Inn. You did the event with Mauricio over there for his birthday and shit. Introduce yourself to the crowd, bro, to the viewers. My name is Payday, uh, DJ Payday. I'm from the uh, the south side of Chicago, and I'm, I'm a full-time DJ in uh, a lot of uh, clubs in River North, so like Electric Hotel, uh, Joy District, Hubbard Inn, underground el jefe um and i'm an open format dj too so that means i could do any genre hey bro you gotta be versatile with it right yeah, for sure but man let's take it back to you know before you were a dj you were doing cutco and vector for a minute right yeah um, it was for sure how'd you know that hey bro i told you bro i told you <laughs> You had security with that job, obviously, and you took that risk of, you know, leaving it and going full-time DJing, and, man, I'm a, I'm not going to lie to you. I looked through your Instagram profile, so that's how I found out all this shit, bro, but looking over the profile, obviously, I found some things out. I saw the text that you sent your mom, you know, letting her know, like, hey, I'm going to quit, and I'm going to take this risk, and her response was a Bible verse. Yeah. The Bible verse said, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be unadded to you or added unto you so what was your initial interpretation of this yeah so my mom obviously from that text she's uh she's always been real spiritual and uh you know I grew up in church and things like that so she's always throwing out bible verses and things like that and she always told me when I was growing up like you know always keep God first in everything you do and she's always talking to me about like hey maybe sometimes when what you're trying to do isn't working out that's God telling you that that's not the plan he has for you. So that's kind of what it was going back to. Um, in that time in my life, um, I had been with that job since I was in high school. So since I was like 17 years old, I've been working with them and I had a great experience. I have nothing bad to say about uh, the company or anything, but it was, it was just that time, you know. How did that text change everything for you? You know, when I read the text, um, you know, I was really asking her for advice. Uh, I was like, you know, what do you think I should do? Uh, it changed everything. I kind of just really, went into uh, a time of reflection to really kind of think about it. Like, you know, is this what God has for me? Um, you know, what I'm doing right now or what I'm thinking about doing. And so I really just asked him like, hey, God, make sure that I make the right decision, you know, moving forward. And I was just asking for wisdom in that sense. And even on the post, you talk about how, you know, really you were asking her like to talk you out of it, right? That, w yeah. that was kind of yeah. your subliminal message, yeah. right? Yeah. Aside from being scared, you know, 
why do you feel like you were scared to do that in the first place, right? Like, where did this fear come from? Why not just take that risk? I think anytime you're trying to try something new um, or do something that's against the, the norm, it's always going to have, you know, a little bit of anxiety when, you, when you're thinking about it. So for me, like I told you earlier, I have been DJing since high school, um, since I was like 16 years old. And I stopped when I, you know, when I went to school, when I started working and things like that. And then actually during COVID, it was more like a blessing for me because I was at home all the time and I was bored at the house. So I was like, I should probably start DJing again. So I bought some more DJ equipment, got back into it. And so during that time, I started kind of redeveloping the passion that I had for it. And so then when I was at the job, I was like, man, like, I really want to, I've always wanted to DJ. You know, this isn't just something I just thought about. It's something I've always had a goal of doing. So, um, you know, just moving forward with that, I I, I was a- afraid because I was like, I'm going to step into like a dream, essentially, not to sound cheesy, but that's what it's, you know, always been. Just being able to pursue those dreams, you know, not a lot of people get that opportunity and you've made it happen for yourself. You've really fucking... You're building that brand and you're building the name for yourself. Just like you said, you don't, it doesn't happen overnight. And now you're playing these big clubs in River North. You're building relationships with Chicago legends like DJ Ozone, right? And being able to do all of that, there are things that you never really think are going to happen until they are happening for you, right? For you, what's one of the most significant memories you've created so far after taking that risk of? going full-time as a DJ? For me, I met so many great people uh, that have, like, supported me and been in my corner um, over the years, like uh, DJ Maximo. He's the one that really kind of got me in the industry and got my start um, to working really closely with, like, uh, Protégé and the things that he does with, like, Good Company Brand and things like that. So I would say my probably my biggest, like, like best memory so far has been anytime I'm, like, at the roof of the wit with Protégé, because that's just a good vibe. Mm-hmm. Or anytime I'm at El Jefe on a Saturday night with Maximo, because that's where it all started. And, you know, Maximo used to take me to El Jefe with him every Saturday. I did that for, like, a whole year. And just, like, watching him and literally every Saturday for, like, <laughs> a whole year straight, I used to just kick it with him. So those were always good times. Hey, so when did he finally let you hop on the decks then? So he actually never let me hop on yeah. at El Jefe. Um, you know, sometimes if he, you know, nowadays. But when I first got my start... Uh, I started getting bookings at uh, at Clutch, which is now Bloom. Um, but I was, you know, watching him and then going and doing my own thing. So it was kind of like a, uh, a student-teacher type of thing. But, yeah. Clutch ain't Clutch no more? No, nah, they changed it. It's like Bloom now. But they have a, a ladies' night every Tuesday. It gets pretty popping. You know, aside from all of that, you do your payday recaps. I don't know if you still do them. I haven't done one in a minute, but, yeah, I used to do them a lot. Why'd you stop? I don't know. I, I mean, I think I stopped because when I started – I did it as a journal, and then I was like, I should share these. And then as I started sharing it and getting more feedback, I was like, all right, I'm going to start journaling more um, and not posting it as much and then get, trying to get back to it later on, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you started doing it to share it because you genuinely felt like they should be shared, or were you kind of doing it in the sense to, you know, continue to build that brand and kind of give yourself a new light a new side of you for people to see yeah no when i initially started it it was literally like um like i said it was a journal like things that i was writing that i was thinking that i was going through just being so you know new in the nightlife i was taking a lot of notes like i don't know you know if you're like this but i have like a ton of iphone notes in my phone that i just used to like cope with different things or analyze different topics and so when i first started i was looking at some of them one day like damn like these are 
something that I think that people could get value from. So I was like, I'm going to put it out there. And then going back to why you said why I stopped, I think I stopped it because it started getting growing more and things like that. And I was like, all right, I'm going to bring it back in because I don't, you know, I, I don't like to do things that don't feel like authentic. I don't like to do things that feel forced. So that's why I kind of stopped it. What's one of the most impactful notes that you wrote down? So one I found here is, uh, Lord, please remove all my inhibitions. Just scrolling through. I think that's one that stands out the most. Mm -hmm. So why that one? Lord, please remove all my inhibitions. That's something that I say to myself a lot, actually. Um, before I DJ or before I do anything that, you know, you know, requires me to, to perform at a high level. So, um, it's just something I've always said to myself, Lord, please remove all my inhibitions, all my, you know, self-conscious thoughts, any thoughts that are not going to help me, you know, achieve my goals, anything that's like, uh, causing me to doubt myself or, you know, talk down on myself with my self-talk. All right, man, that self-talk is the most important thing, right? Because, you start telling yourself all these negative things every single day, and that's how you prevent yourself. We, the conversation we just had yesterday was with this artist. His name's Bodhi. And a lot of people put these self-limitations on themselves saying, I can't do this, or I'm going to wait till the right time comes. But the right time is whenever you feel is appropriate, right? Right, right now, exactly. You wait for a year. And look at all that progress you could have made in a year. Right. You look back on that year and you're like, if I would have started. And that's like, you know, when I sent that text to my mom, I was really thinking like, because then uh, my, my company, our big period was like the summer. You know, we would um, we would work really hard in the summer and then we would do what we do in the fall and the spring. But a lot of it was really geared towards getting prepared for the summer. So in my head, I was like, all right, I'm going to just give it one more summer and then I'm going to start DJing. And I was like, man, you've been doing this for since high school that's like six seven summers you know i'm 23 so it's like how many more summers are you gonna wait for it you know just go get it right now see what happens that's the most important thing i mean even with the podcast right i told vic i'm like yo i think i want to start it next week he's like why not this week I'm right like, and we well, just be fuck. kicking it down yeah. the can because we be scared yeah. that's all it is we just be afraid so that's why you know that's one of the ones that you know that's why when i say why i started it i was like man this might help some people because you know, one thing I did like about when I was doing a payday recap it, is people would, like, interpret things differently. So that's why I would put a lot of stuff out there just to see kind of, like, how people interpreted it. So that's one of the things I just feel like anyone could, you know, give value from, you know, because we all have those inhibitions or, you know, self-doubts, you know, whether it's on a big scale or a small scale, everybody has that. And that's one of the things I noticed most, right, is some of them were really serious and some of them were deep and some of them were just fucking literally notes of experiences that happen, yeah. right? And there's so much that you can take away from that. You could take away from it that it was just a note that you wanted to write or you could take away the fact that, like, there might be a deeper meaning for each person. Yeah, no, I would have people reaching out laughing, which, you know, everybody liked to laugh. And then I had people reaching out being like, damn, like, that was deep, you know, or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't try to be deep, but it's just like I just be trying to live my life. Yeah, the funniest one was the fucking Divi bike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, li I, live, in a, I live in the city, so I'm always on a Divi. Um, I haven't driven in like two years. So I'm either like in an Uber or on a Divi. You did the do bogus though. Hey, tell them the story real quick, bro. No, nah, I mean, so I got there and I'm all, like I said, I'm always on a Divi and I think I was running late to something. So I was like, I need to hop on this. But I don't know if you're familiar with Divis. You got the app on your phone, you got to scan it. But sometimes either the bike don't work or there are not enough bikes. So I got to it and it was like one bike left. And this dude like was trying to get it. I was like, bro, like you're not getting this for me. But and he was all, let's do rock, paper, scissors for it. And I was like, all right, that's cool, whatever. And then 
we did it and I beat him. But I was like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, I gotta get to work. What were you gonna do if you lost, though? I was probably gonna try to pay him or something because I was running late. I really needed it. I was like, You talk about God a lot, you know, that you were raised with it. You went to a Catholic school. Your mom's texting you Bible verses. How much does faith play a role in your life? No, I take my faith very seriously. Um, you know, I know just for me, I wouldn't be anywhere that I am right now in life without God. Uh, I truly do believe that. Uh, like I said, that's something that my mom has raised me with. And, you know, I just, like, anytime I'm making a huge decision or anytime I, like, have any of those inhibitions or anything that you're talking about, that's, um, you know, who I'm talking to. What do you feel like is your biggest inhibition? You know, something that I might struggle with is just, like, thinking bigger. You know, sometimes I get in a, in a position where it's like, well, if you just thought bigger, you know, you, you could go further. You know, because I'm, I'm very good at, I think, accomplishing things. Like, in my arena, you know, I'm very good at mastering things. Like, once I get, like, once I learn a topic, I can master it. But then it's like, okay, think it bigger. Like, where can you go from here? Knowing how much you can do, that's that's one part of it. And that's the first step of accomplishing shit. The next part of it is, okay, how far can I take it? I was just talking to Vic, my producer, that next year I want to actually throw a show. I want to start hosting events because... Yeah, we've been doing this podcast for a year and a half. And yes, we picked up traction. But at the same time, it's like, okay, what's the next level? What's the next step to that shit? Because if we're just waiting until one day some shit goes viral, until one day some shit catches fire, you know, it's it's not like you can wait around your whole life for shit to happen. You got to make that shit happen. Right. You know, it's funny you say that because I was talking about iPhone notes. I have a notes on my phone that says where can we really take this and then anytime i have an idea i try to throw it in there but then it's like you said it's like acting on it so going back is also another thing it's just like acting on it quicker where do you want to take this you know djing for me i love djing you know i love music um and i think you know i take it very seriously i think something that people don't uh, think about a lot is as djs it's also a job you know and i think that my job is when people come into the club they're in the club for whatever reason you know either they just broke up with their boyfriend they're trying to get over it either they're having a great night they're trying to celebrate it it's my job to deliver that energy to them so you know for me i want to do that on the biggest scale possible because i think that's you know what it could do like i'm sure we've all had a moment where you're in a club and you hear a dj play a certain song and you're like damn that's my song and whatever you're going through right there you weren't thinking about it because you were encapsulated in the music you know you had that music high so, you know, I want to do that all across the country, all across the world. There's a lot of good to this nightlife and there's a lot of bad to it, right? A lot of the times you reach a point where, yes, you've hit a peak and that peak feels great. You're getting all this love from people. You're getting all this attention. But there's points where you're kind of like, okay, how much of this is real? How much of this isn't fake? And how many of these people actually love me for me? Uh, I took a song by G Easy, "Wanna Be Myself," and he says, "That's a banger." Oh, you know it. Uh, yeah, That's a there great you song. go. I could probably quote the whole song for you. He says, "My anxiety increases the higher that I climb. I thought this shit would get easier, easier with time. I'm happy in my mind, but at least I tell myself that. Guess I'm damaged goods. I can't help. I cannot help that." He was going in on that song. I was just trying to quote somebody other than Drake because I quote Drake a lot on this show. Right, that's bro. what made me hit your line. I was like, this dude always got the Drake quotes. That's my boy. Yeah, nah, the Drake quotes, yeah, they be hitting, but I've been hitting them, too much. Been hitting them too much. That's like me in the club, DJ. Let's take it back to the lyric, right? And like I said, that attention starts to hit you, right? 
and just like he says i feel like it'll get easier the more that i climb right but it doesn't and it almost feels like i'm damaged goods because just like i said that love that you're getting it should feel good to you it should feel like damn i've reached the peak i'm i'm getting to where i need to be but at the same time I cannot believe these people and what they're telling me because this industry isn't as pure and I guess good as it feels, right? As it seems to be. For you, in what ways has this affected you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about, you know. In the industry, you know, it is what you make of it. And uh, for me, I think I don't struggle with that as much just because I kind of had that struggle at my old job, right? My old job uh, was a sales job and it was very much based on like performance and like accolades and things like that. And I, I see, especially as, as a younger man, I was chasing that, you know, I was chasing recognition, I was chasing money, um, you know, glory, fame, whatever you want to call it. And so when I did make that decision to switch over to, to DJing full time, that was one of the big parts of it. I was like, you know, this whatever I do next, I want to make sure that I'm doing it for me. You know, um, Jeezy talks about being himself. You know, uh, you know, I want to make sure that I'm not basing my value off of what someone thinks of me. I'm gonna base it off of like, you know, what I think of myself and what my goals are. And so, um, you know, in the industry, that's it's easy, like you said, to get caught up in like you know, who who knows your name or anything like that. But I always try to, you know, stay true to myself because I know that, you know, I, I used to struggle with that and I always try not to slip back into that. You know, that's, that's really just ego, you know, when you think about it, what people think of you and things like that. Um, you know, I try to suppress that as much as I can. For you, where does the feeling of needing to find peace comes from? I think the feeling of needing to find peace comes from just like, you know, when you are uh, outside all the time, that is energy. Like I said, DJing is a job. I think a lot of people don't realize that as a DJ, you still are a human, you know, you still need sleep. You know, we talked about that earlier today. You still need, you know, your space and things like that. So I think for me, a big focus of my life right now is just finding peace, you know, outside of the clubs because, you know, I do it so often, you know, six, seven nights a week. Uh, you know, for me, it's just like being able to go home to relax, you know, with my cats and, you know, light a candle, chill, listen to some Drake and just, you know, find that, that peace of mind is what I mean, you know? Damn, you're a cat person, bro. Yeah, I got two cats. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I took away from everything. You're a cat person. I got two cats, uh, yeah. I think that's hitting me more now than ever, right? Because just like I was telling you, like, we just knocked out three interviews in a week, in less than a week, and that shit is fucking, I'm done. I'm ready to go home, sleep. It's like you go back and forth. You know, we talked about earlier, like, you want to chase them goals, you want to go after it, and you want to you want to get it done now, but then it's like, Sometimes you really do need to take a step back. You need to uh, get your mind right, get your head right, get your body right, and things like that. For you, what do you feel like has been most effective for you in being able to take that step back? Because it's not an easy thing to do. Just realizing that it's like, this is the dream. You know, this is my goal before. You know, when I met Max, I told him, I was I want to DJ full-time just like you, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm here. And it's like Drake said, don't get hyped for the moment and start to backpedal, you know. So it's like, I think it's just realizing that it's like, you know, you made your bed, you got to lay in it. But then how do I, to answer your question, how do I, um, you know, cope with it or whatever? It's just like having my my boundaries and having my space. So, you know, like when I go home, I'm not really on my phone as much or I try not to be. 
Um, I'm not really, you know, worried about what's going on in the nightlife when I'm at when I'm at home. You know, when I'm at home, that's my time to just be by myself. You know, don't hit my phone, things like that. Yeah, you be having your phone off, right? Yeah, no, I, on Tuesdays, I, I let my phone die. That's what I told people. I think I seen that shit, actually. And then when I had hit you up, I don't know if it was the first time when I sent you that big-ass message. Yeah. That shit didn't deliver. I'm like, oh, he, he lets, <laughs> I've remembered, yeah, you know, no, you let, let your my, phone I die Because I DJ, um, like, tonight I'm at Underground, and then um, I'm at uh, Music Therapy uh, with Protégé at Hubbard Inn. So it's like... I DJ, my work week kind of starts like Wednesday, and then I go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, so Tuesday is like my only really off day while I'm not like in the club. So I'm like, I'm going to just let my phone die and then pick it back up on Wednesday. How do you feel like you were able to find that, man? Because I feel like at 23, it's such a young age to be able to understand creating those boundaries and being able to just find that peace for yourself, right? Most people wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm I'm going to take this time for myself. Um, a lot of people feel that pressure to be like, okay, my boss needs me. This person needs me here. What if somebody contacts me and they, I need to talk to them? The reason why I was so blessed to be able to work, uh, you know, with Cutco is because it allowed me to kind of develop some of those skills for sure, 100%. Um, I started with them as a sales rep when I was 17. And then by the time I was 20, I was running my own office with them. So I had an office out in Iowa City. Then I moved back to Chicago, and I was running my own district for, like, two years. So um, I was able to kind of develop that mindset because I went so hard. You know, I made a lot of mistakes uh, as a young, you know, person in business. You know, I was working seven days a week nonstop all day, every day, all day, every day. And then I got to that point where you kind of were telling me earlier, it was like, damn. So, you know, I kind of based my – uh, transition into uh, DJing, uh, I wrote it down. You know, I take a lot of notes. I journal a lot. I was like, you know, what mistakes did I make in my old job that I'm not trying to make in this job? You know, and one of the biggest ones was like kind of like burning a candle at both ends, like working like, you know, I used to be like a, uh, you know, some people were like, oh, like hustle, don't sleep. I used to be like a no, don't sleep type of person and kind of oh, take pride in that. Guy. But now I'm like, nah, like sleep is really important. You need that. And, you know, you need to, you know, it's also important to take a step back. So I think uh, that I was able to develop that just because I had that experience prior for, you know, five, six years of doing it the other way. I was like, let me try it this way. You know, it was my own um, district. So it was me, you know, chasing after our sales goals and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, like I said, just realizing that you got to gotta chill sometimes. I worked at T-Mobile. And yeah, so. yeah um, I didn't give a fuck though because <laughs> I was in college, I was finishing up school, and anytime they hit me up like, "Yo, you gotta come in," or "Yo, like, can you cover this shift?" I'm like, "Nah, I got, I'm busy. Leave me alone." I would always tell them, "I'm like, I can't work Sundays." They're like, "Why not?" You yeah. know, su- Sundays yeah, nobody wants boundary, to work yeah. and shit, right? And I'd be like, "Oh, I gotta be with family," type shit, right. some bullshit. Speaking of boundaries, man, that's a huge thing that you gotta have, right? Especially as a DJ, because there's so many people that want something from you but don't want anything to do with you when it doesn't benefit them, right? So, man, just just thinking of that for you, how has that kind of impacted your mental health? When you say that, what do you mean? So there's always people hitting you up, and this happens with any artist, right? But I feel like it happens a lot with DJs because there's always the, yo, get me in, yo, hey, play this song, do this shit for me, right? But at the end of the day, once that night's over, how many of those people are actually contacting you and saying, like, yo, did you make it home? Hey, how you doing? Shit like that. 
you know, I'm sure at some point it does get into your head a little bit and you're kind of like, damn, like, it's really like that out here. I only try to surround myself with people that do care about me. And uh, I think I've just been, you know, really blessed with the experiences that I've had in the industry because a lot of people uh, in the industry, uh, I genuinely do believe that they care about me, like the protégés, the Maximos, the Omar Gs, the Mauricios, um, and things like that. Um, you know, when it, when it does happen the other way where you, like you say, you like, damn, people really are like that, like, or um, you feel they don't care about you or something, I kind of just kind of chalk it up to the game. It's like, well, it's a job. Like, if you was at McDonald's, yeah. motherfucker at McDonald's probably wouldn't care about you once they left the drive-thru either. But, um, you know, sometimes it does get to you, um, but you just got to realize it's like they going through whatever they going through. And, you know, I'm there to DJ. And for me, when I DJ, a lot of things that I do to help is, like, I DJ for me. You know, it just so happens that, um, you know, the energy that I'm kind of giving off is affecting the other people, if that makes sense. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to play this because it's going to make such and such happy. It's like, no, I really love this song, and I'm going to play it. And then I think that, you know, my energy that I'm putting into that song is what's helping them anyway. So that's how I kind of cope every night because I know I'm going to go in there and I'm a, I'm gonna get joy from doing it, you know. I feel like you, you got the answer, bro. You got the secret to life. You're just really doing the shit you love. Nah, yeah. I mean, I don't have the secrets, uh, but I think I, I have lived a lot of life, um, just in what I've been able to experience, like running a business and you know moving into DJing full time. Um, you know, I just try to have certain values that keep me going. You know, obviously I'm not perfect. I fuck up all the time. Um, but yeah, I just try to have those values that keep me pushing. What do you feel like is one of the biggest lessons you've learned so far, you know, in that, you know, living a full life in such a short amount of time? Why are we doing this? That's something that I, uh, I, you know, when I'm waking up, that's why I ask myself every morning, like, why are we doing this? Because I think once you, if you, if you get an answer that you don't like, then it's time to change. So for me, when I first started my old job, why am I doing this? Well, I was young, I was wanted to make money, and then it turned into like, damn, I'm actually impacting these kids, because you know, we worked with a lot of high school and college students, and they would always tell us, like, man, like, you help me make this money, you help me get this scholarship, you help me do this. So, but then, you know, later down the line, it went back to like, oh, I'm doing this for the money, I'm chasing the, the fame or whatever. And when I was like, okay, why am I doing this? Okay, I'm only doing this because I'm trying to make money and I'm trying to win these, you know, I got all these sales trophies and stuff in my closet from, like, that job. So it's okay, let me start DJing because that's what makes me happy. You know, DJing is what brings a smile on my face. It what is, you know, seeing people, you know, dance to either a song that everybody know or you drop in that song that you know you only know. It's like one of them SoundCloud specials, like, this in your, like, you know, playlist. Mm-hmm. And seeing that same reaction, you know, that brings me joy. So, like, I just try to, like, ask myself, like, when, you know, one of the biggest lessons is why Why am I doing this? Like, am I doing this, like I said, just for money? Or am I doing this because this is what's going to make me happy? That's the one thing I, why I couldn't be a DJ. You said you play the music only you like. I really would only play the music I like and shit. <laughs> so no, I, like, I, mean, it's I like, couldn't it's do like it. Balance. I think as a DJ, you got to, like, understand, like, everybody's going to have their own sauce. And it's more so not even, a, you know, for me at least, I don't think it's more so about, the song i think it's the the vibe of the room you know like if the if the club is dead you can't play like the hottest hit because there's nobody in there mm-hmm. but it's like if you know if you have a full room of people i think it's just like the energy that you're giving off um and that's you know they're gonna react to it i think energy and i'm really in the energy i think the energy that you give off into a crowd of people 
um, really has a lot more to do with it than like what specific you know song or whatever you play. Man, so we've talked a lot, right? We've talked about being able to control that room, right? Being able to get those vibes, why you transitioned and all that shit. Let's talk about like the DJs that are influencing you, right? DJ and DJ Mauricio, right? He's the owner of Hubbard, right? Uh, no, so he doesn't own Hubbard, but he does a party every day, every Sunday, uh, Sunday Spice. How'd you guys get plugged up? Well, I DJ at Joy a lot. I'm a resident, resident at Joy. So when I used to get done at Joy, it used to always be, like, when Joy would close, it would still, like, be bussing. But I was like, why? So I would go to Hubbard, and I would see him, but I didn't really know what it was. You know, it was a Sunday, so I was just like, all right, it's lit in here. And then I found out, oh, this is Mauricio's party. And then one day he saw me DJing at Joy um, in the club, and he was like, oh, I want to book you for uh, Sunday Spice. And it's like, it's a dope party. It's hip-hop, Latin, house, and it's always good vibes. You got the go-go dancers in there. It's like, it's dope. So, yeah, that's how we got linked up. I've been there before. He be giving out the fucking free tequila hey, free shots tequila and shit. Shots. He does a lot of cool stuff. Mauricio's a cool dude. We play basketball every, every Monday together, too. So, oh, you know, bro. I was able to kind of, like, get to know him more through there and stuff, too. Hey, bro, I'll cross you up. No, no I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the the first DJ you mentioned? Uh, Like, the first one that, um like, helped me out? Mm. Maximo. That's my brother. So, give us a story, man, of you and Maximo. Aside from, you know, Hush, all that shit. Like, give us that exclusive shit. What you looking for? Uh, shit, whatever you got. I mean, Max, that's my boy. You know, I met Max through my, my really good friend, Chaz. Chaz and I used to work together. And he used to always pop out. Um, so before I was even old enough to get in the club, don't nobody know this, I used to go to Electric Hotel. Um, and I used to always get in, no no problem, because I, I had a real ID, but it wasn't my ID. It was my boy E-Train's ID, and we looked like the exact same. So like he was like 26 or whatever. So I used to get in Electric Hotel with Chaz. Um, and I used to be like, man, like I want a DJ. Like, I used to always be talking about it. Like, this is years of me talking about it, probably for, like, two years. I'm underage, can't get in the club. And then I was like, bro, like, you you got to help me. Like, you always in the club, you got to help me. And he was like, nah, bro, you got to talk to um, other DJs. So I remember one time I, I linked up with Max. And, you know, I didn't I didn't go there looking for a handout or anything, but I just found out we had a lot in common, you know. He went to uh, Mount Carmel, went to Brother Rice, which is, you know, all-boys Catholic school. So, uh, you know, that's my boy. And, uh I don't know, uh, a moment, a funny moment. Max is a, a funny dude. People, I don't know if people know that. I, I, a lot of people know that, but. A lot of blackouts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink, actually. So. Oh, for real? Yeah, you need that? Nah, I nah, know that I've, I've never had a, a sip of alcohol nah. in my life. How come? You know, every time people ask me that question, they uh, they ask that. they like, oh, and they think it's going to be something, like, deep. It's really not that deep. It's really just, like, when I was growing up, I, I was really never around alcohol, and then, when I got in high school, I was too afraid to do anything that my mom said not to do. I'm like, my mom gonna beat my ass if yeah. I come home drunk or something. And then when I, uh, you know, I started working, I was just working so much that I never had time. I didn't. I never went out when I was uh, like working with Vector or anything. I didn't start going out till I was on like the back end of that. And then uh, when I got in the clubs, I was like, it's probably not a good time to start drinking, you know, because I... Because you're working and shit. Because I was new in the industry, <laughs> and people were giving me a chance because they were like, oh, I heard this kid's good. But it's like, you got to take those chances seriously, you know. So I was like, it's probably not a time for me to start getting, you know, <laughs> drunk, especially not 
knowing what it tastes like or what it's going to do to my body or how it's going to affect my DJing, you know? Hey, bro, no wonder you got everything put together, bro. <laughs> hey, this whole time I've been trying to pick at it, I'm like, damn, like, let me let me get this dude to reveal some trauma, but damn, like, you don't drink, so you, no, you processed all that shit. I mean, I, I still go through shit for sure, but, uh, no, I think, you know, people tell me all the time that I guess not drinking helps for sure. You're close with your mom and shit, I assume? Yeah, we tight. She was mad, though. That shit definitely made us not tight for a minute. Oh, for real? Because my mom was big on, like, school, like, my whole life. You said I can't go back home for a little bit. No, I didn't. That ass, like, for me, I was a straight-A student since I was in, like, kindergarten, all A's. Kindergarten, all through high school, I was, like, one of them kids. Damn. So then, and Brother Rice is really big on academics. Like, they don't let you slip on that shit, so... Um, that's why I got the full ride to Iowa. I had a full ride to um, Iowa, U of I, or Cornell. Damn, so why'd you choose Iowa? Well, my sister went to U of I, so I was, I'm not going to U of I. Because literally, Brother Rice and Mother Macaulay, Mother Macaulay is the, like, sister school. Um, every, literally, everybody was going there. I'm, I'm not trying to go there. Um, UW-Madison, they wanted me to do uh, what they call early decision which is like you sign it's basically like sign a contract you sign with them and like i forgot it's been so long but it was like because you know like when you in high school you're trying to figure out where you're going to school it's like that first semester you're kind of chilling mm-hmm. but then second semester where at least that's what i was doing i was kind of like right, whatever and then second semester is like everybody started kind of saying where they're going but with uw madison they wanted me to say i'm going there and when you do early decision you can't um, you can't else. apply anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You can't even do nothing. So I had sent all these applications out, and I was, like, excited to kind of see, you know, what who who would say yes, who would say no. But they was like, no, nah, we're going to give you a full ride. And, like, because school started in, what, August, and they were saying, like, full ride in, like, October. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, I don't even get to see if U of I fuck with me or, like, you know. Yeah. So I was just real scared to do that because I was like, I ain't really, you know. You got that straight up through Madison, or you th- went through a program for that shit? I went through Posse. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I was a Posse scholar. I got to, like, the final round on Posse for Pomona. And Pomona I- was in Cali. Yeah. That shit know, bring back so many memories, bro, because, like, I ain't, that's why me and my OG fell out, because I was like, bro, this whole time you, like, been putting all this emphasis on school. But, like, um... It's like, am I good, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of kids go through that, you know, straight-A students especially because we be grinding, like, and I play sports too, so it was like my whole kind of, like, psyche was, like, performance. Like, I got to get these A's. I got to behave in school. I got to I gotta perform. You gotta, I got to achieve. And then I kind of start, you know, falling apart when it was senior year. I kind of start falling apart a little bit because I was like, damn, I've been doing this my whole life leading up to this moment. Because this was all on some, like, if you don't get a scholarship, you're not going to college type shit, you know, because I'm from the south side. Mm-hmm. I grew up on, like, uh, like King Drive, you know. So my mom, the whole time me and my sister was growing up, was on some, like, you got to achieve academically. Obviously because she wanted the best for her, you know, her baby boy. But I was just starting to get real scared senior year because I was like, it's coming. You know, this is like, don't choke. You know, you've been working your whole life for this. And then I was starting to get offers and scholarships and things like that. But that that Wisconsin shit was scaring me because I was like, I don't want to just jump on the first one. And then with Posse, you even got a you had to pay for your own dorm and shit. Right. So I was. It's a lot of. It's like I feel like it's a, we put a lot of pressure 
Because what? I was 18. I'm like, these life decisions. How do you feel like that pressure impacts you now? You know, you've, you've had a lot of time to deal with it. And I feel like that also is kind of where that need for peace comes from, right? Because now you kind of want to find solitude and find that peace for you, right? You just said it at the end, for you. You know, I think uh, when I'm, when you're growing up, and, you know, obviously I think this is all because, like, you know, our parents want what's best for us, you know, and they're just trying to do the best they can with what they have. But I think it's, like, you get to a point where you, like, you got to step back and you got to say, well, what am I doing for me? You know, I have a sister, and me and my sister, um, growing up, we were, like, the exact same. She got all A's, I got all A's. But, you know, I just reached to a point where I just decided to, to do my own thing um, my sister, she's a genius. She went to U of I, uh, and then she went to, uh, where did she go? And then she went to Columbia to get her master's, and now she teaches at Northwestern. So she's like, when it's funny, when we were at Thanksgiving, my mom was like, yeah, you, you're a full-time DJ. Like, <laughs> she, like, you know, kind of chops at me because she knows that that's, you know, what she wanted or whatever. But it's like, you got to get to a point like, I got to do what's going to make me happy because, you know, I'm sure my sister wouldn't have been able to, actually accomplish all those things if that's not actually what she wanted to do and you know that's where I got to the point where I was like okay you can only get so far accomplishing something you know out of inauthenticity you know where it's like oh I'm gonna do this so my mom claps for me or oh, I'm gonna do this so everyone thinks I'm super smart or I'm gonna do this so I could you know get this accolade or whatever so you know for me like you said just doing it for me and just being like in that in that essence yeah eventually it gets to that point where like you got to do it for you and you only um that's what that's the point i got to where once i was done with school i was like hey i can't do it no more i'm i don't want to go get my master's i want to focus on this shit and that's gonna take you a lot farther just like you said it's gonna take you a lot farther than anything else because without passion there's nothing left i think anything that you uh Anything that you take seriously is gonna take you seriously. So like my school, my sister, she took school seriously and she was able to get a bachelor's, master's, and a great job at Northwestern. Whereas I'm taking, you know, business that I run seriously um, and DJing seriously, and that's gonna take me where it's been able to take me and even further. Hey, bro. Well, you've been killing it. You killed this interview. I appreciate, appreciate you, you coming on, All bro, love. and just spitting fucking bars i can't talk today obviously but <laughs> hey i appreciate you bro, you, bro. All, love. all right guys that's gonna be all today thank you for watching make sure you go ahead like comment subscribe make sure you pop out to his sets too dj payday joy district hubbard in underground where else you got electric hotel with my boy eric boss uh prism uh, with my boy D-Flow sometimes. Uh, Soundbar. Soundbar. DJ Gordo, my boy Sid Banger. Uh, this is like the end of the album where they, do, where they shout out all their <laughs> <all they> people. <laughs> hey, hey, he knows how to do it like the Latins, bro. The this Latinos, like the, this bro. This is like the end of the album. <laughs> shout out all the producers. Hey, Mayhem, Inez, Santos, C-Stays, everybody. Drip, Protégé, Sigma Chris, Kid Clay. Uh, see, and this where I feel like people do this, and then everyone always gets to this point where they start shouting out people, and then they be like, they miss somebody, and then they remember this is why you don't shout people out. I'm gonna fucking cut this clip <laughs> and I'm gonna post it on my story, and I'm gonna tag all of them, and I want them to all repost this shit so they know. Yes, sir. All right, man, appreciate you. That's gonna be all, guys. Sad boys for real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.
broken pieces, who's to blame?